the late 1990s, high school movies with a great MTV trailer and a killer soundtrack were a way of life. Nico, you skinny ass bitch, let's roll. <laughs> Did you make that up on the fly? Mark, what are we watching this week? Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make them an awfully gun with you. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Oh my goodness, we're going back to high school like you obviously alluded to there. And we are watching Varsity Blues from 1999. And for those that have never seen it... It's barely 1999. Yeah. Come on along and listen to us anyways, because I don't think you need to watch it. (laughs) In small town Texas, high school football is a religion. 17-year-old schoolboys carry the hopes of an entire community onto the gridiron every Friday night. In his 30th year as head coach, Bud Kilmer is trying to lead his West Canaan Coyotes to their 23rd division title. When star quarterback Lance Harbor suffers an injury, the Coyotes are forced to regroup under the questionable leadership of John Moxon, a second-string quarterback with a slightly irreverent approach to the game. Varsity Blues explores our obsession with sports and how teenage athletes respond to the extraordinary pressures places on them. That's a great fucking synopsis. Give well, you know, that's Steven. Steven. Steven, Steven Che. Appreciate you and your contribution to IMDb this week. Mr. Che. Yeah. Um, we were living this moment, so moment in time. I'm just going to jump right in because... I, we all saw this in high school. We all saw this movie when it came out. The whipped cream bikini instantly became part of everyone's vernacular in <laughs> high school. This movie falls under the guilty pleasure category, and it's a very nostalgic nowadays with the whole high school stuff for me. So it was a fun rewatch, but it's a ridiculous movie, and we'll get into that. Nico, moment in time, you remember oh, specifically God, where you I were do, when you saw this? I do. I, this is one of the better moments of time. So I was a wrestler back then, and I ditched wrestling practice and I did school because I, I, it was junior year I got done at like noon and we literally went to the promenade in Westminster to see this thing and the best part Mark and Jeff is that we actually went later on that night to see it again I mean back then you didn't have a lot of movie choices you didn't have the social life we have now we didn't have cell phones and all that but yeah so me and Adam ditched to go see it in the morning like the noon or 1.30 show and then we went back later on that night and I just such good memories. You know, you run into your friends. Just like the American Pie rewatch that we talked about. You run into your friends at the theater, and it's so fun. And it's just, like, I didn't even need to flinch when you said moment in time. I, I still remember to this day. 
That's awesome. I, I, I love it when people, when we have a vivid memory of it. I, this just lumps into, I saw, I feel like I saw, I was at the movies every week, I feel like, my junior and senior year. My junior so, year, I so I just yeah. So it's hard for me to remember specific ones, and this one just didn't ring a bell. What about you, Jeff? Did it lump uh, in, or do you have specific Oh, I, I totally remember seeing it. I saw it with Andy, me and Andy Minicus, I think, saw every single movie that came out in 1999. We were just junior, a different cruise, Jeff. We, we probably made sure that the theater. Our junior year in high school, like I literally went to that, like, um, like the movies with him, like, uh, at least, at least Friday or Saturday, if not both days, um, before I, uh, before I or we would go out later that night. But, um, yeah, it this movie, I loved it. Uh, I rank it in the '90s. Had some great high school films, and it's right in there. I believe in my top five. I don't know how I rank them exact. For the 90s, for 90s high school films. Uh, it's right in there with Scream, Can't Hardly Wait. Uh, She's All That. She's All That came out like two weeks later. Definitely not She's All That. Uh, I have some problems with that movie. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You is up there, though. What works for you in this movie, Mark? I, the high school element. and it, it, it did then, it does now. They do a good job with it. The... Uh, Texas football works, the stereotypes, the jocks and the cheerleaders. Tweeter, I love Tweeter in this movie. Scott Kahn, he's so he, he's great. Uh, and the soundtrack. It's uh, it's a the simple soundtrack movie. Is God, you just stole all my categories of what worked, Mark. I love it. <laughs> but you can elaborate more. Yeah. So jump right in. What, like, I mean, if you want to talk more. I mean, the soundtrack just felt like high school. It, it was, did. Yeah. I, I love the Foo Fighters at the end, and the Collective Soul that that the Run song. I totally forgot about that. Terry watched this. It's a great late '90s soundtrack. It is. I mean, it's a great it, late '90s like soundtrack. Green. I mean, it's a little uh, po. It's a little post grunge. It's a little post grunge, but it's right in that like. I mean, they literally hit all of the late '90s rock from Offspring to Green Day, to like Collective Soul to uh, uh, they. Um, Foo Fighters, like they and literally they do some great '80s rock with some classic ACDC and of course Van Halen. We'll get Mark, into is that, that a the best later. use of uh, uh, teacher by uh, of Hot for Teacher? Hot for Teacher by in a Van film? Halen. It, I mean, it definitely is, right? Not to I, mention it has to be, right? I can't think of a better, a better, a better use of it. Not to mention it's a special. We'll get into that, but yeah, we'll get. I'll save it. So we'll. I'll save that. But, yeah. Uh, what else worked, Jeff? Wait, wait. Uh, I mean, no, I wait, Nick, Nick, keep yeah, all yeah, the first. You gotta go to me. I agree with everything you said, Mark. You've you got you to just, go to me. You know, because because I I'm just telling out of what he said. Like, he nailed all of it. The one thing that he forgot is probably the challenge of authority between young adult and adult. And I think that they they probably nailed that better than anything I can picture. And I'm going off the cuff here because Mark stole my category. But the really the 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 Johnny Mox and John Boyd relationship. Dynamic. Yeah. It was scary. It was scary, and it was meaningful, and it, it worked, and I was afraid of John Boyd, and in the same way any young man would be, and I, they explored that well, that he could ruin his future, and he didn't even question if he could ruin his future, right? Like, the idea of a, of a fucking high school football coach ruining your transcripts today in the age of technology sounds absolutely ridiculous. Back, back in January 1999, it seems completely plausible. I had a job, as you guys know, where I literally sold um, sporting goods to uh, high school coaches. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I can honestly tell you that the second most powerful person, if not the most powerful person in a lot of high schools, 
is the football coach. No way. Uh, and a hundred percent. And especially, and that was, that was, that was, that was if they're winning, if they're winning, a couple, of course, of course, if they're shitty, they don't have any power. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> but a couple, but that's a couple years ago in the 1990s and the 1980s. Absolutely. And in Texas, it's actually a well-known fact. Uh, um, in Texas, most of the time, the high school football coach makes more than the principal of the high school. Uh, it's just boosters, and that's what's important to the town. So a coach being able to destroy somebody's future is actually, I think, probably more close to reality than we'd like to believe. Um, I think they this movie was really actually based on – they based a lot of this movie on the Friday Night Lights book. Um, they couldn't quite get the rights for it. They actually wanted to make Friday Night Lights, but they couldn't get the rights for it yet. Later, of course, that film does get made with Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, but and so instead, they made a movie. They made their fictional movie about about uh, a small town football in a in West Texas with a strip club named the Landing Strip that is the same in a certain Friday Night Lights. Um, I don't think that's in the book though. Uh, what I wrote. Uh, are you done next? Sorry, I kept going. Keep no, no, you're good. I just I, I'm just telling it what you said. So keep going. Yeah. So I wrote down a couple. Of th- I wrote down the soundtrack. The football is actually pretty good. Uh, it's the like the action of the football. It's actually shot pretty well. I've seen it done a lot worse. Uh, characters are all likable, and movies aged incredibly well. I had to write this down. In some ways, in some ways, it's aged very poorly. But uh, this part is aged. Concussions. Mm. So I knew you were gonna this up. I knew you were gonna this up. Go ahead. The NFL does not introduce concussion protocol uh, until 2011 or 2012. They don't acknowledge concussions as a major problem in the sport until 2009. Yet, it's a major plot line in an MTV Studios film in 1999. (laughs) That should probably be Exhibit A in any lawsuit against the NFL. (laughs) They knew about this shit. Uh, long before. It could have been a lucky guess too, though. I think it was something that was going on. I think they did some research because, or maybe James Vanderbeek brought it up because James Vanderbeek played football all the way up until eighth grade until he got a really bad concussion. And his oh, mom, no way. His mom Whoa. made him quit because she thought that the propensity for head injuries was far too oh, dangerous. Good old lucky break. Dawson. Yeah, and then made him Dawson. become an actor and become Dawson. I mean, <laughs> so, what a lucky break. The kid's still living off his shit today. Let's be real. Oh yeah, he's got two roles. He's got Mox and Dawson. Yeah. That's it. I mean, but dude, that, that, that'll carry you for 20 years. Let's, and, let's uh, Yeah, of course. Mad and respect. it was in the prime... Mad respect it, for James Vanderbeek. Of hey, course. What do you guys think we, of his... Uh, what do you think of Vanderbeek's... What do you think of Vanderbeek's Texas accent in this film? I can, I'm okay with it. It's bad, but like he, he he literally was one of the first examples we had of a bad Texas accent. So. It's like good bad. Yeah. Like it's, it's really it's, fun it's to really make fun of. it's really really bad. It's only it really also bad might because be one of, of my the... favorite. It might be one of my favorite things of the movie, <laughs> like him talking. Right. I don't want Dude, your life. You ask, it, well, yeah, it's yeah, only I don't really want your life. Like that's, that's what that people. Line. Oh, that's what everybody remembers. Yeah. I don't want your life. But that's the thing. Like, he was a huge star at the time. You have to remember, he's not now, but a massive star. I mean, Dawson's Creek was one of the biggest shows on the WB. 
This, well, this movie only gets. It's like, it, I feel like this movie. They said, "Let's put Vanderbeek. Let's put Dawson in a football right. movie, and then let's all put the, the girls biggest will come yeah. see yeah. this exactly. movie, and enough, all the guys are going to see it." Interestingly enough, Mark, he had to. He really wanted to be in this movie because he wanted to kind of like play off his Dawson kind of like good boy role or whatever. So, so he fought. He fought for this role. And they weren't going to give it to him until, and I can't remember the name of the film, but there is a made for uh, TV movie. Hold on, I'm looking it up real quick. He basically plays a bully. He showed them the uh, footage of it. And they then they bought it and they said, okay, you can be Moxie. Okay, wow. But at first, because of, his, because of his Dawson, Angus was the name of the film. Angus, that's right. He was the bullying Angus. I love that yes. movie. Are you serious? Yeah. And no, he it was, was the that bullying role. Angus. Leave. They didn't believe that he could play <laughs> the hard-edged right. Johnny, Johnny Moxon. Was he really that Angus. hard-edged, though? He was kind of the softest character of this football team, to be honest. The most sensitive, he's the, the he's most He's the caring. one that stands up to Buddy. I disagree. He Definitely stands the most up empathetic. To he has the most backbone. He studs up, stands up to Bud Kilmer. He takes... All of them out to the strip club and gets oh, them, that takes gets that takes a lot of bravery. Oh, I get it. No, now you got me. No, he's I'm got not, balls. No. Are you kidding me? Um, he has the most backbone of any of them. He I had, completely disagree with you there, Nick. He had the most empathy and, and the most um, moral. I w- well, you're okay, but you're saying he's this okay. So you're saying he's like the smartest and maybe the most morally centered. Yeah, but I'm totally. saying he's he has backbone to sure to fight. I think we're I think we're finally finding the center of what we're. The Miss Davis strip club scene, hot for What? Teacher. Oh man. So okay, the, well, first of all, my wife has a license plate that says "Hot for Teacher." My wife's a teacher. This was uh, one of the two most memorable, like, hot moment scenes from our high school moment, and it's just a perfect scene. And I knew you guys weren't going to pick it, so I didn't want to pick some of the overacted, cheesy stuff, and I hope <laughs> you guys didn't, so we'll see what you guys picked. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to bash this movie too bad. I wanted to have fun with it, so let's have fun. <laughs> My favorite scene is the practice scene, where all the dads are watching while Bud Kilmer just rails on the kids. Oopty fucking oop. Right, you might be the it. smartest Stick dumb the kid basics. I ever met. What's that? Stick to the basics. Stick, yeah, to, stick the basics. to the basics. Stick to the So I actually had a friend that was all over the place once, and I, I literally threw Bud Kilmer lines on him and said, "Stick to the basics. Stick to the basics." But I, I love that scene. I love that shit. Them boys is having the time of their lives, and like <laughs> it's just it's a complete sports scene, right? He's talking about overloading the left side to go one on one on a tweet, tweeter on the on the right side, and like. It really makes you feel like you're watching a football movie in that. And it, it, it puts... Well, as I say, cool note on that scene, Nick. Um, he mentions... Um, uh, he basically... What he's, what he's bringing out is the spread offense. And he brings... He uh, mentions Mississippi State and the head coach. And I can't remember the guy's name, but the coach that he does mention uh, was the coach that is credited for inventing the spread. And they were putting up crazy... It was a small, smaller school, and they were, like, they were putting up crazy points until it was eventually adopted. points a game, right? Yep, until it was eventually adopted across the SEC and the most of rest of football. And we know, I mean, the spread is like, I mean, was the main offense in the mid two thousands. But I mean, let's. I mean, are are we really taking John John 
Johnny Moxon serious though? <laughs> Does he really know how to run this offense since he's <laughs> reading, reading since he's reading books on the sideline? Hi, <laughs> Mark, Mark. I have a lot of ponderings that we're going to get into around all of that. Um, you make some great points, and I. So neither one of you. I don't even know if it's my favorite scene. I have so many scenes in this movie I love. It's like it's hard to rank one after the other. They're just they're all. They're all so rewatched. I say, did we really not met? Did we really not bring up the whip, whipped cream bikini? Oh no, I mentioned it in the beginning, and the reason I didn't. I mean, it's the most iconic scene of this movie. Yeah, uh, it's I mean, it's it a is. Halloween costume. I sent it to you guys like weeks ago when we were supposed yeah, to do this. Yeah, but I mean, this is the most iconic scene of the movie. Like I said, it was everybody knew about the whipped cream bikini after this movie came out. Did you? And nobody knew about the whipped cream bikini before this movie came out. Alley Ladder has like five scenes in this movie. And one of them, she's got whipped cream bikini. And another one, she's taking her clothes off in Mox's car. <laughs> and another one, she's, she's fucking on a, on a she's fucking washer. on a dryer. Yeah, <laughs> right. And like, the, and and the, this, oh, and the and fourth the... one, the fourth one, she's dumping her boyfriend before he goes to surgery. Oh yeah. And trying not dumping him yet, but trying to hook up with his backup. And the worst part is, this was her first role. It was. That's in my that's in my notes for my category. You're right. This, oh man, this first role, and this is she gets penciled in for all of this. Not to mention the whipped cream doesn't work, so they got to use shaving shaving cream. cream. And I Mark, think I was going to ask you. I figure you're amongst the three of us. I figure you've seen the most whipped cream bikinis. That's just my theory. I went to college with you. Is that true? Do they work? Does it is, does shaving cream work better? I. I <laughs> I don't know if shaving cream works better. Whipped cream, it has worked. They said it wouldn't stick. Uh, see? I, I, I but but I don't think anyone walks around <laughs> with it. <laughs> I don't know that anybody goes and takes the... What's amazing about that whipped cream bikini is she takes the extra step of adding the cherries to the... Yeah. Like, that's... So, so keep in mind here the nostalgic factor of these two scenes. The first time we ever saw these two scenes, the whipped cream bikini and the Miss Davis reveal... That was a big, like, whoa, didn't see that coming necessarily because A, you've never seen the whipped cream bikini, and B, you had no clue that Miss Davis was going to be the stripper. And, you know, and you get the payoff early on with the sex ed scene and the whole purple headed yogurt slinger from Mox. And just everything's just perfect there. So they're, they're, they're kind of, they, they help this movie a lot because the football, some of the football stuff is just, eh. But can I also give a shout out to Johnny Moxon's drunk mom? I really love the scene yeah. where they throw the football. <laughs> That's a good one too. It is good. You I mean, can she... do it, Johnny. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. And she's all slow mo. <laughs> and then we see the dad fire that fucking pigskin. <laughs> fire that fucking pigskin. That's a great. That's a great line. I raised you to win. Oh. Ooh, their parents are like. That's the thing about this movie is their parents are more ridiculous than the kids are. On Johnny's, every level, right? Johnny's parents are great, and Lance's dad is great for sure. But are they great, or are they like exaggerated and oh like no, more, like so bad immature, they're great. Yeah. Like no, they're bad great. Like there's nothing. This movie's not great. It's bad great. <laughs> wait, did, wait. Two things: are the parents not more immature than the kids? A. I mean, look at the evolved young younger brother of Mox, right? And two, did, you, did anybody notice Jesse Plemons was like the young? Was the, the, young yeah. Yeah, the young Harbor. Young Lance was he the young Harbor. Was he the younger Lance? He's Lance's little brother? Yeah, Lance's little brother. Yo, young Jesse Plemons. Shout out. Breaking yeah. Bad. All it the movies to come. 
I know that might. And who was also in Friday Night Lights? Let's tie these two together, right? If these two are tied together, they're tied together by Jesse Plemons, who is in both. A little trivia for you fellas. You're welcome. Give me a give me a quote, Nico. Ooh, so many. Shit, them boys is having the time of their lives. <laughs> Winners on the Alana Club. Hey, Ma! You skinny ass bitch! Let's roll! <laughs> Tweeter, you think you'll enjoy prison? Mark, you think about calling? You thinking about calling some dinosaurs? If you're hungry, I left a few hot dogs in there. I'm back, puke and rally. <laughs> Somebody give the obvious. Jeff, do it. I don't want your life. <laughs> yeah. Painful ball, West Canaan is the opportunity of your yep. life. Say it, Jeff. You said it. You got it. You had it good. You had yeah. it good. How I mean, about... That's the most obvious. That, that was like the iconic line for 20 years to come. That's because remember, that line was in the trailer. <laughs> I don't. I don't oh, yeah. know. I think. It, I think it was just that good. I really do. Because I remember dating this girl in college, probably seven years after that. Hold on she, a second. Let's rewind. You think that line is good? Yeah, I do. No, it's so bad. It's good. I don't want your life. No, I think it was the whole challenge of authority. Separate yourself from what your parents wanted. I oh, that it's was the so over movie. the top. Bad. It's good. I, I disagree. Do you really think that? Yeah, for when me. When you yeah. ask me what worked, I think the whole challenge of authority. I think that whole thing of like. Not I don't mind the challenge want. of authority, but it's so over the top in this movie that I can't help but laugh about it. I don't. I don't agree. Oh, that's Jeff, funny. Where do you breaker. stand with this, Jeff? You're the tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Oh, I fucking love the line. His delivery of it is over the top, ridiculous, yeah, and silly. Yeah, like but I can't... It's but it's an over. This is a movie. It's a. It, this is a movie with a whipped cream bikini. And yeah. A. Somebody puked like this entire shaving. This entire film is over the top, ridiculous and silly. Oh, for sure. But I, to Nick's point, it does play into, and I do think the uh, rebelling against authority. It's really uh, there is a a big part of the story to like these guys kind of becoming men and basically replacing the irresponsible adults around them. Yeah. Um, I mean, this kid gets but it's delivered. But I can't. I mean, I'm not giving him the Oscar for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Either, funny, but this kid, funny this story. Kid gets, this he kid gets into get... a, like an impossible school to get into, and his dad's like, "Congrats, son. By the way, I need to talk to you about Friday, right?" I, I probably side more with Mark on this one, but I do. I like. I actually do like the challenge. I love that you point. love it so much, though. Can I, I tell you I that? I like that too. <laughs> I really uh, do love your passion for it. I don't want your life. Right, like, can give, he can give a shit about football, to be honest. That's what that's all Marx's whole character. For sure. He doesn't until Which the is end. why I don't buy the oop knowing the fucking oopty loop offense. <laughs> he also keeps talking about How does this kid know how what Mississippi loves... State offense is being run if he doesn't give a shit about football? That's well, the exactly. thing. Like... He also talks about how much he loves playing football, and then he doesn't. And then his dad like calls him out about like taking the moment seriously. And then his famous, and he's like, no, this isn't important. Then his famous speech, at his big speech at halftime is all about how the next 48 minutes are the most important of their life. <laughs> no, no, 48 years of our lives. But here's the thing about Mox is, as stealthy as he is, he's got so many hobbies, he's got so many passions, and he, he could care less about football. He's still really good at football. I thought that was super cool. Right. Speaking of being good at football, unlike Freddie Prince Jr. in that terrible, what's that, Summer Catch or whatever that movie was? Where they, every time that he, like, went to throw the ball, they had to, like, 
they basically they couldn't teach Freddie Prince to throw a baseball. Right. It's the same uh, here, right? Go James, ahead. No, Still James, my category again. No, James Vanderbilt. <laughs> no, most of the time my research said that most of the time he he like was perfect. And they didn't My have research to, said he had to have somebody else throw the football for him. It was so bad. I, I remember that summer catch. I remember that summer catch thing. Okay, James Vanderbeek's throwing skills were so bad that a UT quarterback had to throw for him every time. That's All what right. it says. All right. The, uh, Would a UTB Tennessee or Texas? I'm assuming Texas. That's hilarious. That is funny. I mean, he's a dramatic actor. Dustin's pretty good. As we go on, uh, as we go on lines, uh, Billy Bob's a ten, a ten, a fucking ten. I give it a, uh, a ten! A ten! A fucking ten! Any more lines, Mark? Miss Davis, will you go to prom with me? <laughs> what about... Oh, yeah, it's like a... Pitching it. That's what I was going to say, Nick. Go, do you have the... Give them, give them oh, all to me, Nick. Are you going to do them all? <laughs> no, tall Tommy, and of course, Pedro. <laughs> I like Mr. Mushroomhead. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like purple-headed yogurt slingers. Purple-headed yogurt slingers. For, uh, that's forever in my vernacular. <laughs> it's... Moving on. Moving on. And let's, uh, oh, tweeter. I'll give you one tweeter. Johnny Moxon, you were under arrest for not being naked with some sophomore chick who wants to bathe you with her tongue. Now take off your goddamn clothes and get in the car. That seems awesome. And one, I got it. All right, I got to call out a great Coach Bud Kilmer line. When he goes, your daddy was a no-talent pussy. <laughs> but at least he <laughs> listened. <laughs> so it's. So if we're going to get into ponderings, which I know we're getting too soon, it seems so weird to me that generations would surround Bud Kilmer and just can't wait till my son plays for him someday. We're talking about fucking high school football. And then they're always like, Kilmer's an asshole. But they, yeah, it's it's a weird situation. Shit, them boys having the time of their life. And Mark, they really did a good job of the high school aspect because every time I see this movie, I, it came out in the perfect period of my life where I was a junior in high school and I was living the privileged upperclassman life. And... I felt that line. You well, know? yeah, it's a very and and on the rewatch, it's very nostalgic because right, it's it, exactly. Not only was it a high school movie, but it came out while we were in right. high school. Well, so we were really having the time of our lives, and we could feel that, right? So it was just leading like into our senior year. It was just like junior year leading into our senior. Oh yeah, it was. We went to high school at a very cool time because all yeah, those we did. late '90s, all those. It was like us and the kids in the '80s that got like the John Hughes movies. Like, yeah, we right. But I think we had it better than the '80s kids. So you're absolutely had, right, though, yeah. Jeff. Yeah, it feels better for us, but I mean, that's because that's when we lived. All right, I got a question for you guys. We're going on to what didn't work. Should I just do my ponderings now? Because they probably do it just... all. Do it. Mix them in. We already went off track with our quotes. <laughs> Bell! Bell! Wait, what you, for what, what you didn't think, work? Or should we skip it and go, I, I'm i just, I think my ponderings just tackle everything. But maybe, or should I just wait for him? If you tackle him, well, that's okay. You, you go can, first, Jeff. Just go first. There are no assistant coaches on this team. <laughs> they just had trainer and Bud Kilmer. Kilmer walks out alone. You don't see any of his assistants go with him when he's pacing in his office, when he's walking out of the room. But yet the players are left to just coach themselves. <laughs> what they the did, fuck is going had, on? They had Kilmer and the trainer, who was willing to perform illegal activities. Bud Kilmer 
is so overpaid that they, they can only afford one. All tied into there, him. There's no defensive coordinator. There's no offensive coordinator. There's he gets, he no, gets volunteers. He gets volunteers every season, but they're fi- they're fired and gone by week three because they he can't tolerate. Yeah, their Jeff, bullshit. that's a great fucking point because even in Little League we had a defensive coach. You know, like we had <laughs> we had two coaches in Little League. I love how you just said you have a defensive coach in Little. League. Well, and it hurts. Them. <laughs> It, it hurts them in the end because, so, and this is another pondering I'm stepping on, but they're down three. There's like six seconds left in the fucking game. No, who doesn't kick a fucking field goal and put it into overtime? Who runs the hook and ladder instead <laughs> on a fucking prayer? Wait, were they really down three or were they what down four? Yes, they were who only down it? three. Riverboat Ron I'm Rivera runs that shit. <laughs> Maybe on the one yard line, not at like the thirty. <laughs> they weren't even at the thirty. They, that they Billy Bob the, hook and ladder was like the, at the fucking hook and ladder line. to Billy Bob. It was a windy day. They didn't it have the a, kicking game. wasn't there. Billy Bob, the man that got us here. Like, I love when they made his name formal. Bud Kilmer was like William Robert, and I'm like, oh my god, William Robert. That's how we got the name Billy Bob. Of course, that makes sense. <laughs> I love that you like had a 15 second processing moment with, yeah. while watching the movie well, where right. the light bulb went off and you're like, oh, ding. All right, I'll save, I'll save a couple of my ponderings for later. Mark, what did you have that didn't work? I mean, I, this movie falls under the guilty pleasure category, so I don't like to be too critical on it. So there's really not much that doesn't work. It's you know it's just a matter of if you're willing to accept the cheese factor of it all or to not. embrace if it. you're if you're willing to embrace it then it's a real fun <laughs> well, it's yeah, a like, real like it's a real fun time. i mean we could have nitpicks for days in this movie but i don't want to do it because that's what's awesome is at the end of the because, day this movie just fucking goes for it <laughs> career corner um mark you had uh, something prepared uh, I just had a note about Brian Robbins. Uh, nobody knows who the hell Brian Robbins is because, yeah, he's the director of this movie, but he was one of these guys that decided to get his feet wet in a little bit of everything to the point where he's now like the president of Nickelodeon and Whoa. head CEO and just runs all of their... Wait, wait, runs- wait. Let me get this straight. The director of this movie is the CEO of Nickelodeon? Oh, yes. Yeah. The, yep. the the director of this movie, it, he's... Yeah, he, he did this movie super early on in his career. It's definitely the most famous movie he has. And he's the president of Kids and Family Entertainment for Viacom with oversight wow. of all strategy, creative, and business operations for Nickelodeon. And, like, everything, Nick Jr., Nick at Night, Teen Nick, everything. <laughs> and it makes sense, because this was an MTV Films movie. And MTV Films, MTV is a Viacon, is yeah. in the Viacom family. Yeah, I mean, Varsity, but, like, he literally just was, like, checking things off his list, you know. He went on... You remember the movie Coach Carter with Samuel Jackson? Like he, he that was like one of the That's first movies film. he produced. He didn't make it. He produced it though. Like he decided like to just just check all these boxes off, and lo and behold, now he's you know worth millions of dollars and works way up top for Viacom and runs Nickelodeon. I just thought it was a cool note that this guy that made this movie that nobody's ever heard of. Well, look what he turned into. Holy cow! Right. Uh, <laughs> great work. Great. Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. Along metal podium. 
Nico, go first. I'm going to go with the soundtrack. Number bronze. I really feel like the soundtrack, like Mark said right away, I, I was pissed that he brought it up because that was, that's the only thing I brought tonight, fellas. I'm running off the cuff. But <laughs> I'm, I, I, I want to give Amy Smart something so bad because she became a big star. Remember Road Trip? Like, I feel like, God, I loved her character in this movie. Ah, I'm going to give her silver. I am. And I'm going to give James Vanderbeek the gold. I really feel like, I don't feel a lot of teen actors could have carried this. I don't. He had experience. He had Angus. He had Dawson's Creek. I don't think it would be an iconic good movie if he wasn't in it because he is the definitive '90s late teen star, and it just wouldn't have it wouldn't have made it as far as it did without him. And I thought about that all week. Like, could you plug anybody in and be like, uh, "All right, I can dig it." What do you got? So I want to give an honorable mention to Mr. Charlie Tweeter, one Scott Con. He's so good. He's so uh, good. I could have given him the gold to be honest, but. I just he doesn't have a big enough part. Uh, he, well, he doesn't have a big enough part, so he didn't even make the metal podium. Although you're gonna now argue because the people that are on the metal podium probably had even lesser parts. My bronze medal goes to one Miss Allie Larder, aka Darcy, aka Whipped Cream slash Shaving Cream Bikini Girl. Um, like it, it's it's in my brain forever that scene. My silver goes to one Tony Perinsky, a.k.a. Miss Davis. And my gold did go to James Vanderbeek. Uh, this wow. movie. Tell us why. Like Tell us why. Miss Davis and whipped cream bikini. <laughs> oh, Vanderbeek gets the gold just because it, it was his movie at the end of the day. This movie only gets made. Like, this movie's only memorable because it became famous probably because Dawson Boom. was Dawson. We just and... said the same thing, baby. I love it. Yeah, no, no, and you're right. I agree with you. Like everything you said was right about that. Um, I I know other people we could say could have played Dawson. Like I mean, I just, it's just Dawson playing a football player, and it worked yeah. because the timing. It, it yeah, the timing of it was everything. So if we show anyone that doesn't have that, you know, that in their that Dawson's Creek timeline in their brain, they they could care less about this movie. Would be my guess. So I think this movie has a very limited audience. We're just in the wheelhouse of it. I can't wait to hear from someone who I know could care less about that time period that listens to this. I can't either. Mark, you're fire right now. I can't wait either. Like I want to know how much they hate this movie. Yeah. Or if they were just like, eh, or whatever. Because or who it's are these bozos? Yeah, right. It's yeah. fully it guilty only, pleasure for it has me. 40, it is only a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And the movie that, and, and the reason I gave my medals to the perv scenes is because those are the scenes that I remember when I think of varsity blues. <laughs> because I saw this movie when I was a junior in high school, and it's just those type of scenes have impacts on you. Good to know. Good to they know. They don't. That they don't nowadays. Obviously, Jeff, where do you stand with your medals? Yeah. So um, my honorable mention goes to the whipped cream bikini. Not necessarily Ali Lauder, just the idea of a whipped cream bikini. See? Um, yes. My bronze <laughs> goes to one Ron Lester. Uh, he, uh, Paul Walker is not the only actor that is not still living after this film. Um, Ron Lester passed away at about 45 years old. Uh, Billy Bob. And he is, he is the heart of this film. A lot of this film works because of Billy Bob. Uh, I, like you're always rooting for him. You, he's the one you really feel bad for. He's one of the ones that you kind of really start to turn against. I mean, well, you're against Kelmer from the beginning, but you're just, 
Billy Bob is uh, like you're just you're always rooting for him. Um, Silver, John Vaught, he plays a great evil coach. <laughs> like, uh, love the touch of the uh, Hitler salute when he oh. uh, when he opens the. Uh, I, I like the, that he gets a medal. I'm gonna be real. I like that he gets a medal. Because um, <laughs> me, me and Mark didn't give it to him, but you're right. You're right. No, I'm okay he, with all this your movie. Medals, he baby. plays it perfect. This movie doesn't work without Kilmer being a total asshole. And he plays just a perfect, like, uh, just villain. And you need that. And the goal goes to, of course, James Vanderbeek. Uh, I, uh, as we've probably mentioned this podcast before, me and me and Nico are uh, definitely uh, Dawson's Creek fans. And that's kind of what, well, that's kind of what was, brought us together, right? It really was. We bonded over a little Dawson's Creek. Uh, Joey, Joey and I had quite a relationship, but you oh. know, we we cut ties after about a year. Nico was Team Dawson, I was Team Pacey, but I I still like Dawson, obviously. And what time is it, boys? Oh, it's time. It, well, it's 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 late. It's time for some midnight pondering. It really is like twelve minutes till midnight. Give I'm me your last night's pondering. Hey, I, I I snuck one in earlier, but I have plenty more. Um, well, good. So I'm Mox says he never played football again. But here's my question. They won the division title, Did they not which go means the they make the playoffs. Right. Does he quit the team? Did, <laughs> did they have to forfeit because they didn't have any fucking coaches? That's why. They forfeited because <laughs> like, they had no coaches. What the? I mean, and, I, I had and the they same. they had no running back. And... It didn't, Han, real quick, Mark, it did not take me till midnight to have the same pondering. I just want to point that out. Oh. <laughs> that was at the end of the movie. I was that was at 9 p.m. pondering, like, what the fuck is Bud Kilmore that great of coach? He only had two state titles in 30 years. In comparison, Coach Taylor, he wins two in four fucking years. And Bud Kilmer's playing 3A football, too. Let's be real, right? I only got one more for you. Uh, it, was Moxie an idiot for not hooking up with uh, uh, no, Whipped Cream Bikini no. Girl? No, he, no. He Allie stuck Larry, with no. he stuck with the wet blanket fucking girlfriend. No, Amy Smart in the end. Oh my god, she's the worst. Better actress, Amy Hotter. Mark, am I wrong? Um, I'm talking about her character. No, you're right I'm on both counts. But actor. I'm talking but about the character. I think Amy Smart's feelings. Uh, I think you might have hurt Allie Larder's feelings and made their relationship awkward. They're best friends and have been friends for twenty years. No fucking way. Yep. Wait. Amy Smart and Allie Lauder are best friends. Yep. Been friends for tw- over 20 years. Since this think... movie. Yep. We missed, Nico. You guys stole a lot of my category. And since we're doing this on and off Monday, I missed a lot. But I do have... But I also have that James Vanderbeek was so bad at throwing a ball that <laughs> they had to have a UT quarterback do it for him. Moxon Jersey was after number four at Green Bay. His favorite quarterback, Brett Favre. I thought that was super cool. Because if there's any 90s quarterback that was... Idolized more, it was definitely Brett Favre. So yeah, I saw that too. I would agree with that. That was a good note. I'm glad you got that in. Yeah, the University of Toronto trademarked the name Varsity Blues. They sued Paramount when the movie came out. Why would you? Why would you sue that? Right? There's a Netflix movie out now called Operation Varsity Blues. Have you guys seen it? It's about. Nope. You haven't heard? Okay, it's a college admission scandal with Lori Laughlin, and um. That I know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen. That. I have seen that. It's really the Full just, House. Uh, Operation uh, Varsity Blues game. is actually really good. That's a great. Oh, I didn't know it was called Operation Varsity. Blues. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting. That I wanted to bring up that they that they named it after that. I mean, that's how much this movie lives in infamy still today. That they they still name it after a movie twenty years ago. I'm sure the up and coming generation. Um, the new tweeter Enzo Dance is expired by the Icky Shuffle. The Icky Shuffle, uh, the Icky a touchdown shuffle. dance innovated by Icky Woods, a running back for the Bengals. But I didn't even know that. I know the Icky Shuffle. The last thing I have, though, real quick, is that Paul Walker actually broke his leg playing football. I thought that was interesting. He had more cards. He took more cards out of his knee than ever should have been there. Final. I'll do final thoughts, Mark. I'll let you take us out. Um, Nick, you go first, then I'll go. Um, so I mentioned earlier in the moment in time how I saw this movie twice in a day and I that's so nostalgic and I just I know today we watch movies on our own TVs and it's streamed and everything's different but I just hope that that experience gets passed on at some point you know where kids do want to go back to the movie and experience the same kind of thing even if it's a bad movie like this was it was a good bad movie right for you it's like the OC Jeff and 100%, 100%. yeah I really like that experience to me in my nostalgia waves of the past is really something that you didn't have to ask me. I didn't need notes to remember the first time I saw Archie Blues. And I just, I, I know that gets lost with new generations and I just hope better. Hey, Jeff, what do you got? Yeah, well put, Nick. Uh, just uh, like I said, it, this is a top five uh, teen, late 90s teen movie for me. Uh, I love it. I, we've, we made a lot, of, we poked a lot of fun at this movie kind of being a good, bad movie. But to its credit, I was just thinking, and I have a lot of friends that um, lo- I have, that love movies that I discuss them with all the time. I don't know anybody that doesn't like this movie, and I think that, I says, think it that says it all. Yeah. Mark. Well, it was uh, it was fun revisiting this movie. Yeah, it was. It, it always is. I've seen this movie probably fifteen, twenty times, and. As much as I like to poke fun at this movie, obviously I like it if I keep going back to the well and enjoying it time and time again. And that's just especially now because of the nostalgic factor. That nostalgic factor wasn't there when we first saw this movie, but it's definitely there now. And it's so... I think that makes it even more special, probably, than what it was when we first saw it. And I I really enjoyed talking about it for the last hour. (laughs) So did I. I really did. Yeah, hopefully uh, everybody enjoyed our our rambles about Texas high school football. And go rewatch Varsity Blues and give yourself a a chuckle and say hi to Miss Davis for me. Thanks for listening, everybody. On behalf of Jeff, Nick, and myself, uh, it's another edition of Movie Tales, and we'll see you again next time. Take care.